0: To be here. I am so thankful to get to share with you this morning. We love your church. This is the first time I've gotten to come to Red Cliffs, but you guys pretty much live in the most beautiful part of Australia. And since Australia is the most beautiful nation I've ever been to, this is gorgeous. Just look at your neighbor and say, You're so blessed. Don't forget it. Some people have to live in Los Angeles. Yeah, so I'm so excited to be here and um, I really have a word that God has laid on my heart while I was praying for you. Israel is over at the Warner campus uh, preaching this morning and then I just want to give you a quick invitation to tonight. I think it's at 530 or 6. You guys know more than I do, but I invite you to your church tonight. Um, My husband's going to be sharing his story. And he has a prophetic word that he's going to be ministering tonight. And I just want to encourage you. It's going to be a good night. And uh, I believe that every person is going to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. And we just get to come here and be a part of it. Ride the wave of what God is doing. How many of you can understand my American accent? I'm a bit confusing because I am American, but my parents pastored a church in British Columbia, Canada, so I'm a little bit more Aussie than an American. I've got that British influence too, and so whenever I come to Australia, I just feel like you're my people. So don't, don't stay on the outside because I'm an American. I get you. I'm British Columbian. I'm not that bad. Now, my husband, full American, so you can judge that later. But I want to get started. Thank you so much for having me. I want to ask one question. Were the worship songs today, I didn't know one of them. Are they all originals? No, they're from, well, it was beautiful. The worship was so beautiful this morning. Thank you so much. It was every song. I was like, I want to bring some of this back home. But I want to start with Psalm 16, 5 through 8. And I um, just want to declare this over all of us. This is what I'm speaking over my family in this season. This is what I'm declaring over God's house all over the world in this season. And so maybe you can just read this word with me and come into agreement. Lord, you alone are our portion in our cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely, I have a delightful inheritance I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him, I will not be shaken. You know, I felt... Like, yep, I'm in the right place at the right time after that beautiful prophetic word was brought forth this morning about you feel like you're on shaky ground. You feel like there's no stability. And that's exactly what God has been showing me to minister today is that with God, our feet are secure. With the Lord, his promises over your life and my life, whether we're walking through the most abundant and beautiful and happy season or we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, the promise that the Lord gives us is that we can have sure feet, that the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And I don't know your story, but I know my story has not always been pleasant But the word of God says that the boundary lines, the life that God has given me to live out, the sphere of influence, the area, my neighborhood, the place that God has put me and the things that he's placed along the path of my life, he promises for it to fall in pleasant places. That doesn't mean every day is going to be pleasant. But it means he promises that my life can be pre- pleasant because of the Prince of Peace. Because he holds our tomorrow in the palm of his hand. So Father God, right now I just pray. That Holy Spirit, you would come and minister the way that only you can. Lord, I just pray that you use me as a conduit. I pray that I would disappear on this platform. And Holy Spirit, you'll show up. God, let your, the word of God remind us that you are for us and you're not against us. Lord, that he who began a good work, you are faithful, Father God, until the end. Lord God, we can rest in that. Lord, the boundary lines that you have created for each one of us have fallen in pleasant places. And so, God, let our lives bring you glory through the good times, through the bad times. Let our lives bring you glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, this morning I want to speak a word that is it's titled, Eyes on the Harvest. You know, there's a tension in life. There's a tension between living Good things and bad things all at once. Beautiful moments and bitter times all at the same time. And I think sometimes in the course of my life, I don't know about you, but I can I can be overwhelmed with things that I'm having to carry that are maybe trials and tests, um, areas in my life where it doesn't feel like I'm seeing a breakthrough. And sometimes I can forget that in the same moment as holding that, it, God is moving and there's fruitful and beautiful things happening. And, and maybe you can even, um, you can relate to this. but I never really have lived, in all the 47 years of my life, I haven't really lived days where there have only been good things or only been bad things, but there's always been attention, And I just, you know, think about that scripture verse where it talks about the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy from us, but God comes to give life and life more abundantly. And and we've got to recognize in our walk of faith, it doesn't matter if you're in Australia or if you're in America or Canada, all over this world, if we're living on earth, we need to learn the balance of holding blessing and battle both at the same time and not allowing the enemy to distract us so much with things that we're having to walk through that aren't maybe necessarily what we were wanting to have to walk through, but realizing that, We can carry that, and we can also still have pleasant boundaries. We can still see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I think sometimes we just get ripped off because we're expected. We wait for better days to enjoy. And I believe that the word of God for us in 2024 and in this next decade is that God wants to teach us how to rise up and be fruitful in the midst of our enemies, in the midst of hard things, in the midst of that, while the world is crumbling, God's people are arising. Yeah. Amen. And so I want to I read this scripture verse to you, Matthew 13, 24. And I'm sure a lot of you have m- read this many times, but it's a parable that Jesus gives. And I just want to read through, we're going to read all the way to verse 30. So we'll start in verse 24. It says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed. Can you look at somebody? I'm kind of a teacher. I like to make you repeat things. Can you look at your neighbor and say, sowed good seed? The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the weeds sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them all up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. As long as we are on this earth, we will deal with both weeds and wheat. The weeds and the wheat. You know, we're entering into a season of harvest time. Can you feel it? Can you feel that the earth is groaning? That the earth is actually breaking down, and the harvest is arising. And something we need to be aware of is the tension with the harvest, with the wheat and the weeds, all at the same time. So my message is called "Never Mind the Weeds." Say it in your beautiful Aussie accent to the person next to you. Never mind. How do? You? Okay, say it one more time so I can hear it. Never mind the weeds. Never mind the weeds. Did I do it? Was that good? Yes. Usually I sound kind of British when I try, so I don't really try. But I heard it, never mind the weights. Does that sound Australian? You guys are just being nice. I could tell by your faces it didn't. All right, that's okay. You know, I just wrote down a few things in my own life. You don't know me. And so I just maybe a little bit want to open up to you about my life. Um, You know, when I, my husband and I pastored for 10 years in North Carolina on the east coast of the United States... And my husband, when he was a little baby, he'll share his testimony tonight, but when he was a baby, he was a heroin addict because his parents were. And when he was born, he was abandoned, and the police dropped him off on a doorstep that was his auntie's house. And that was kind of the beginning of his life. And so um, from in his mother's womb, the enemy tried to destroy him. And you'll see him tonight. He's pretty normal for that being the beginning. He does pretty good. But, um, you know, when we pastored in North Carolina, God began to deal with him about going back to where he was born, which was Los Angeles, and and pastoring a church there. And so we started kind of weighing that, holding that. It took three years of us just waiting on the Lord, but kind of having that seed planted in our heart that we would move to Los Angeles. And if you know, North Carolina is a safe and beautiful community. It's, got a, it's called the Bible Belt of America, so there's churches everywhere. My kids got to go to a beautiful Christian school. It was just a really good, beautiful life. We had two campuses that were thriving. It was amazing. I could have lived there forever, but God had called us to big, crazy Los Angeles. It's the largest crime area of the United States. And God had called our family there. And I remember when we moved and we were just full of faith and we were going to start this church and we didn't know anyone in Los Angeles. We were just going there on the word from the Lord. That was 10 years ago this September. And my mom, um, my parents were pastors, and my mom was actually going to live in our back house. We rented a house with a back house, and she was going to be over all of our pastoral care because my mom was just like the greatest pastor. And uh, we were just so blessed to have her, and I'd lived away from her for a long time. And so I was so looking forward to this season where I was going to get to pastor, and my mom was going to be with us, you know, reaping the harvest. And we got a phone call when I was unpacking our last box in Los Angeles, that my mom's cancer had returned. My mom had celebrated five years remission. She was doing great. And her cancer came in literally almost overnight, just took her life. And they called me on the phone and said, you've got to get up to the Seattle area within 24 hours if you want to say goodbye to your mom. I was in shock. Because I thought that she had overcome it. We had plans for her to move forward. And that actually initiated in my life five years of loss. And so my dad passed away of a heart attack. My mom passed away of cancer. My older sister, Mary, passed away of throat cancer. And then I had two more sisters who had heart attacks and died. In five years, I lost three sisters and two parents. And I was in the middle of planting a church in Los Angeles. I was in the middle of parenting three beautiful children. I was in the middle of this wonderful marriage, being a wife to my husband and and saying yes to whatever God put in front of us. And all of a sudden, I walked into this season. I was thrown into this season of deep grief. And my faith was just bruised. I was trusting God. I was never mad at God, but I was so disappointed. My faith was absolutely disappointed. And I had to walk through this season where it just felt like this cloud was over my head. In the midst of funeral after funeral, goodbye after goodbye, questioning God, questioning the wise, every single one of them loved Jesus with all of their heart. And we didn't get the outcome that we were believing for. So I was left with this moment with God where I had to just still choose him to still trust God that he was still good, that he was still for me, that in the midst of the weeds, there was a harvest that he had called me to work, and that he would grace me to do it. And so this message that I'm sharing today isn't just a good idea. This is my testimony. This is the story of what God has done in the midst of my very broken Life trying to work out my faith through the tears, through the cries, through the unknown. And I got to tell you, we've been pastoring in Los Angeles for 10 years. And God has been so faithful to us. Our church is filled with new Christians. People who don't know about church. They don't know the top 10 worship songs. Thank you. If you knew my church, they would laugh because they like always give me wads of tissue. I'm just, I preach from my heart. (laughs) So uh, in the midst of all of the sadness was the greatest harvest that I've ever seen in my life. You know, there's even a scripture verse. that says, ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. I will give you the lost. That's what the Bible says, that God will give us the lost as our inheritance. And I've been living that out. And I don't know what your story is, but I really feel and sense from the Holy Spirit that I'm here not just because we happen to be in in Australia but because I've been sent here by God to speak to some of you. And you just feel like there are so many weeds. There is so many distractions. There's so many things that have become very disappointing in your life. There's so many whys. And you love Jesus, but you're just feeling a bit disappointed. And can I just tell you, God can handle the disappointment. God can handle the raw emotion of right where you are. He can even handle your anger, whatever it is that you might be feeling. I just feel like God sent me here today to encourage your spirit, that he has more for you, that he has a harvest. But, you know, there comes a time where we've got to begin to declare that again. And sometimes when you wake up and you see the weeds. Just like this farmer who sowed good seed, but the weeds began to choke out what he believed was his harvest. And, you know, I just feel like this is a season where we have to co-labor with God in a way that maybe we've never done before. We need to have spiritual eyes to begin to see past the weeds, to, to see past the distraction, to see past the things that are trying to take our faith and, and begin to see that this is the time that God has called us to harvest and he is with you he will empower you he will do miracles in your midst all that it takes for us is surrendering God you know what I trust you I trust that I sowed the right seed God I know that I've been faithful and your word says that when you're faithful and when you sow seed I love this scripture verse and I just want to declare it Ephesians 6 9 and do not grow weary in your well doing for in inducing season you will reap if you faint not and the enemy wants us to get tired and faint the enemy wants us to give up the enemy wants us to choose small to just fade off into the distance. No, I haven't disappeared from God's house, but I'm not, I'm not planted like I used to be. I'm not expectant like I used to be. I've gotten into the safe zone because I feel like I just don't wanna be a target. I just don't want the attack. You know, that is no way to live. And I feel like I'm speaking to some of you that God is calling you forward. He's calling you in once again. He's gonna restore you, and, and I don't know my story, and I believe it'll be your story too, is that as I began to co-labor with God is where I found the healing. As I begin to say yes with a shaky voice, and I begin to say yes again, God, whatever you want to do with this life, do it. Whatever you ask me, my answer's gonna be yes. Before it's asked, God, this is your life. This is not my life. And if I'm going to live on this earth, if I'm going to walk through this season, (laughs) use it for your glory. (laughs) And it's amazing what God can do with our brokenness. It's amazing what God can do with our willingness. I think it's the most beautiful form of worship. I met Pastor Mark. Nina in 2007 in Adelaide and I was there to do a worship project and I've written a lot of worship songs I've always been a worshiper I've always been a lover of the presence of God but you know now when I look back at my life the greatest worship was never through song the greatest worship was through the surrender through a life where I said God you gotta use me, but you gotta fill me. Like I, I say yes, but I don't have a lot to give. And and just surrendering every part of myself to him and seeing what he can do through a life surrendered. He doesn't need our perfection. He doesn't even need our perfect faith. He needs our life laid down in worship. Paul talks about: I have lived my life like a drink offering poured out, like a drink offering. Pour it out before the Lord. And God uses us to be refreshing springs to the broken and dry hearted after we've gone through it ourselves, Just feel like I don't know what your weeds are. I don't know when you look out over the field of your life. I started out with that scripture verse that says the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. But maybe you're looking at the boundary lines of your life and you feel like, man, this isn't what I thought my life would be. This isn't what I expected. Maybe you've even said, this isn't the seed I've sown. And the farmer, I love this farmer that Jesus talks about because the farmer was both humble and confident he had the humility to say, this, this isn't on me. This is, this is not me being an amazing farmer. This isn't my skills. This isn't my, my talent. He had the humility to, to know who he was. But then he also had the confidence to go, no, I planted good seed. It's going to turn out because I planted good seed. Yep, we see the weeds right now, but the harvest is coming up. You know, weeds are really interesting because weeds are important for soil to become healthy. And I just love this message because I've let my weeds begin to grow in my yard a little more now. Like, weeds are okay. It's okay. Even the Bible says let the weeds grow. So uh, I have more of an English-looking garden now, and I'm good with it. But um, weeds actually create air in the soil so that what you did plant can, can grow healthier. That's pretty amazing. You know, it's the same for us, right? The trials that we walk through create strength in our life. And so sometimes we just have to go, God, this is not the road I want to walk on, but this is the this is the path that you have me on, and I'm going to trust that in the midst of it, you're only going to make me stronger. You're going to give me perfect peace. The boundary lines that have fallen in my life, Lord, I embrace that you call them pleasant, that you say no matter what, it will be good. And we need to be confident in that as God's people. And I think good good people who believe in their harvest and who are men and women of God, they have a special... A mixture of both being humble and knowing this is not something that I can make happen. This harvest of mine is not something that I can make happen on my own. This isn't about me, but God wants to use me and having a humble confidence if we have that combination where we know it's not us, but it's God, but we're also confident. I know the seed that I sowed, and I know who my God is, and I know the boundary lines that he's given me authority on this earth to reap a harvest in my life. That means that maybe my kids are acting out. Maybe my kids aren't loving Jesus right now, but I can say, I planted good seed, and the weeds will not overtake my harvest. Or maybe it's financially in your life. I don't know what your story is, but I know that this the enemy comes to so weeds to discourage and distract us but God wants us to be confident in whose we are we are his people and he looks out for his children God loves nothing more than to show up and do things on our behalf and he will I am standing here today as a living testimony that it has not every day has not been easy in my life but God has been so faithful That the anointing that he has poured out over my life to minister to others. I watch it and even I'm amazed. Because I know who I am. I know my brokenness. I know the areas in my life that feel so much like weeds. Choking out what God had purposed to do. And I just love this story of the farmer. The farmer sowed good seeds. Number two, the enemy sowed weeds. We have to be able to know what the enemy is doing. You know, we're not going to be crazy and always talking. There's some people, I I don't know if in Australia, but in America, there are Christians that their full-time job is to look for the enemy. They find the demon in everything. Do you guys have people like that here? No? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. That's not, we don't want to be those kind of people, but there are moments where we have to catch the thief. And and I think sometimes as Christians, we can just take stuff instead of rising up and going, that is the enemy. That is not God's plan. And we have authority to rebuke the enemy and to declare the word of God. For me, praying the word of God is the best thing I can do when I begin to see weeds. I begin to pray the promises of God. When we pray the word of God, it's the perfect will of God. His word is his will. And so instead of just getting beat up by the enemy and letting our minds be overtaken by weeds, begin to declare the Word of God. Psalm 19 says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. In Proverbs, it says, my son and daughter, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my saying. Let it not depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. For it is life to those who find it and health to all their flesh. Why do I know all of that by heart? Because I would not have made it without the word of God if I just let my mind go where it wanted to go in the last 10 years, I would not be able to be strong right now. But the word of God strengthens us. The word of God reminds us that there's great hope, great future, that God is always working for our good, even when we don't see it right now. Amen. Am I too loud of an American for you? <laughs> I'm preaching to you. I'm I pray that I'm preaching to the soil of your heart to remind you that God's still doing things. If you're still breathing, he's still moving. And there is nothing that has become so permanent that he can't change it. That you might see mountains in your life, but God, it says that the mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Our God is able. Our God is able to see us through. He is the Lord of the harvest. Number three, the weeds showed up at harvest time. Can I encourage you? If there's a lot of distractions, if there's a lot of things in your life that make your harvest feel a little bit impossible, if there are things that you haven't seen that you've been believing for, the weeds show up at harvest time. The more weeds, the closer you are. Don't allow what the enemy is trying to do to distract you from the miracles that God has called you to walk in. Amen? There's always going to be weeds. 1 Peter 5 says that the devil prowls around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. I love that scripture because it says like a lion. It does not say the devil is as bad as a lion or as dangerous as a lion. It says he prowls around like a lion. And so the enemy's voice and the things that we see that are in that, that you know that it's the enemy coming against you, it can feel very intimidating, but there's no power. You know, weeds are actually, they sprout up really fast, but they're shallow. There's no root system to weeds. And so weeds sprout up. They look big. They look intimidating, but they die quickly. The harvest takes root. The harvest Begins to stay through the storm. Our harvest is there. Don't let those dumb little. Weird little. Big and annoying weeds. Distract you. God really is working things out for you. He's moving. He is moving. In Jesus name. You know. Weeds are a sign of life. Uh, I have a really good friend. In the United States. And she has a big beautiful home. And. I was over there because she wanted me to teach her daughter how to make omelets. And I knew that my friend wasn't a cook, but I didn't know how severe it was. And so... I'm number seven of 10 kids, like you guys, and um, I cooked my whole life. And so I said, "Yeah, I'll come over and teach your daughter how to make an omelette. We'll make it a fun day." So I get to their house, and her kitchen is immaculate. It is like a showroom kitchen. And I looked at her oven and there w- it was brand new. I opened up the oven door and it still had the manual in it. She'd been living in that house for like six years. And I, and I asked her, what do you clean your stovetop with? Because this is, my stove does not look this nice. And she's like, I've never cooked on it. But I thought about that. I don't want such a clean and perfect life that has never lived. Love makes messes. The harvest is messy. And, you know, I think sometimes we look for safety so much that we crave this sterile life. But the things that God is doing in our midst is messy. Think about all the times that God talks about he's the true vine and we are the branches. It all has to do with dirt. It's not this clean and easy to predict life. But who wants to live a life like that? My friend has never cooked a meal in her own house for her family. It's been takeout for seven years. To me, that just shows when are they laughing around the table? When are they cleaning up together? The the messy signs of a loving life. And, And it's the same with our God. Life is messy there's cleanup time. There's mistakes to be made. There's surprises around the corner. And there's beautiful moments around the corner. God is a God of life and life more abundantly. And we've got to be okay with the messes. We've got to be okay that sometimes there's going to be some weeds. There's going to be some things that we're going to need to work through. But let's not push God out of that. Let's come closer to him in the struggle. Let's allow him to love us. Let's embrace messy. Let's embrace it. Let's meet people who live beautiful, fruitful lives to the full. And the enemy wants to come and make us small. The enemy wants us to come and hunker down and be safe with our own people. And God's calling us into a new dimension and saying, the harvest is ripe. You know, there's a scripture verse that it says, pray for the workers because the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. Why are the workers few? Because the weeds have choked them out and discouraged them. Think of the people you've been in the house of God with. And since COVID in 2019, 2020, 60% of our church in Los Angeles moved out of the state. But what's even more heartbreaking than that is how many people I know in the faith, even how many pastors and ministry people who have just quit, who are just sick, the weeds but God says if we hold on if we get close to him if we stay in the word and we fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith we are about to live in the greatest harvest days ever I want to be a part of it I'm telling you my life has had some heartbreak but also I've seen miracles. I've seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. I've seen God use my life to comfort the brokenhearted like I never thought I'd be able to do. I've heard personal words from the Holy Spirit that were for nobody else but me. He's been such a good shepherd. In my life. And if we don't have the weed seasons, we don't know him the way he wants to be known. So whatever your story is today, whatever that thing is that almost brings separation between you and God. Can I just invite you to look past the weeds and see what he's doing? Begin to come back into co laboring with him. You know, I have a word for some of you today, and I'll just end with this. Sorry, I'm such a crybaby, and I don't know where I put my tissue. Um, oh, there it is. Thank you, Jesus. We can have, um, if the musicians want to come up, I believe that we're going to end with some worship. I believe that God's going to restore some of our songs today. I just feel like there's going to be a real restoration moment where we just step a little closer and maybe come into agreement that we're co-laborers. We're co-laborers in this life. And we're called to reap a harvest. But if you're over 60 in this room... Today, I didn't even know how many of you there are going to be in here. But I have a word for you. And I say this humbly as a daughter in God's house. Psalm 92.12 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14 is for you. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green proclaiming the Lord, he is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. And God told me this morning to tell those of you over 60 that you have never been more needed for the harvest. This is not a season where you will be overlooked. This is a season where the anointing of God will come on you. And you know, in Acts, it talks about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. It says that your old men will see visions. Your young men will dream dreams and this is going to be a season of harvest for those of you over 60 and you are needed and I just felt while I was praying this morning in our hotel room that some of you at that age have a story to tell and you know this scripture verse says that they will still bear fruit in old age they will stay fresh and green hallelujah amen and it says that they will proclaim to the generations the Lord is upright he has been my rock. He is my rock. He will be my rock. And in him there is no wickedness. And God's going to use your voice. And God wants to use your story. There's untold stories of your journey with God. And the, and the things, maybe even your weeds. I don't know what your story is, but it's God's calling it forth. God is calling you into ministry. Some of you are like, I just want to golf. And God's like, you can golf. But I also need you to begin to be a harvest. Mister, It is time for the harvest. There are seeds that some of you have sown that you've forgotten about, but God has not forgotten, and the harvest is now God says if you say yes, he is going to anoint you with a fresh oil. That you're going to see revival in your day. You're going to see young people who have hard hearts turn to Jesus. You're going to be used instrumentally to bring the lost sheep of Israel home. There's going to be an anointing on on the older generation to see the lost sheep come home. There's a fresh anointing. It's harvest time. It is harvest time. It is harvest time. Harvest time. So th-